Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. What are the five biggest mistakes that beginning investors make? We'll talk about that today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of TFWP. For those of you that don't know, that stands for the Financial Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, David Hagan. I'm coming to you today from Topanga, California. We've also got someone here working with us who's coming to us from beautiful downtown Van Nuys, Nick Appel. Hey, he's still studying for that little quiz that they call the California Bar Exam. He'll be back in a while. Mm, Brian Reed's taking the week off. So you just got me, but I got some stuff that I want to say. So let's talk about these five big mistakes. So I'm looking at this article in Money Magazine, and it's called The Five Biggest Investing Mistakes Beginners Need to Avoid According to Financial Advisors. Nice little article written by Malika Mitra. And it got me to start thinking about some of these issues and some, some of these things that I, I wanted to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. The article talks about a recent Charles Schwab study that showed that 15% of all current U.S. stock market investors got their start in 2020. That's 2020 and the part of 2021 here that we already have. Now think about that. 15% of all the people that are out there playing on the stock market have been there only in the last 18 or so months. Schwab said that it's open 3.2 million new brokerage accounts in just the first quarter of 2021. And that's more than all of 2020. So this trend is compounding. It's growing. And you know why it's growing? Well, it's a crazy time to be an investor, kind of a wonderful time to be an investor, at least right now, before stuff started to go down a lot. The Dow and the S&P 500 continue to hit new highs this cryptocurrency thing is creating just a feeding frenzy. It's crazy. Haven't seen this since maybe even the dot-com bubble. You know, GameStop was running up due to a bunch of people getting together on Reddit. Even though the business model of GameStop hadn't changed, these people were able to buy a bunch of stock and run the price up. Crazy stuff. And, you know, Elon Musk, he's all the rage with his talk about Dogecoin. And in fact, I think he refers to himself as the Doge father. Now, remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks. Doge was kind of a crypto uh, tongue-in-cheek joke at first. It's a, it's a picture, a mime of a dog on top of a software program that's, that was, you know, a, crypto, a common cryptocurrency. And Dogecoin has taken off. In fact... Right now, Dogecoin's up almost 8,000% this year. Why didn't I get in on that? I don't know. But there's some good news from this Schwab survey, some really good news. 
And among these pieces of good news, 52% of these new investors are now planning on saving more. 42% plan to reduce debt. Love it. 43% plan to invest more in the stock market. That's good. Like it. And 31% plan to build an emergency fund. I'm really liking some of these things. And a full 82% felt that it was important to have access to a professional advisor when making investments. So all of you people that have opened up brokerage accounts in the last 18 or so months, good work. Good work. Now all you got to do is follow up on what you're talking about in the survey here. But if you do that, good work. You're going to be in good shape. So there's this new wave of investors out there. And there's this new wave of thinking out there. And it's sweeping over the investment community. And does this mean traditional investment advice will change? Not hardly. The same basic rules of avoiding debt, creating an emergency fund mindfully planning out your financial life. In addition to the magic of compound interest, it all still applies. So don't get distracted. Now, the article then goes on to provide five things to avoid according to financial advisors. And I was curious to what these might be and how many of these things our listeners may have already been avoiding. So these are the five biggest mistakes investors make according to this article in Money Magazine. Number one, investing before you're ready. Now, having a good solid financial foundation first before you invest is always a good idea. It'll help you weather a storm. It'll help you get through a job loss. It'll help you if you make a mistake too early in your investing. But this also includes, according to the article, creating a budget. And of course, as a listener, as soon as you hear budget, you think of Dave going, no. No, no, it's a spending plan. If you don't know the difference between the two, think about it or go back to an early podcast where I talk about that. When you're on a budget, it's like a diet and you're hungry. But if it's a spending plan, aha, uh aha, -huh, uh -huh, that I can get behind, that I want to do. So it includes things like being on a spending plan, paying off high interest debt like credit cards, building an emergency fund, Etc. And we've talked about these things for years on the podcast. And I think most of our listeners are following this advice. I hope you are. Our listeners create a monthly spending plan. It's key. Four years ago, we talked about the different ways to pay off high interest debt. In fact, I think we spent two or three or four episodes talking about this very early on. So go back and listen to the episodes in about 105. Five to 110. We talked about different ways to do this. And years ago, we talked about creating an emergency fund of three to six months. And we reevaluated this guidance just a couple of episodes ago. So I think that we talk about this stuff all the time, most of this stuff. And I think our listeners are following our advice for the most part. That's part of the reason why you keep coming back because you want more nuance on these things. Congratulations. To all of our listeners, pat yourself on your back. Uh, you're doing some, some good stuff. Number two, according to this article, making short-term trades. Now, short-term trades can include things like day trading or momentum trading. Uh, day trading means that you're buying and selling within a very short period of time. Momentum trading is basically doing the same thing, but not caring anything about the stock itself. You're just following its momentum up or down and 
making long or short trades. Hmm, this has always been one of the siren calls for, for investors. It's tempting to want to get in and out of something very rapidly that's moving up or down and you can buy it long or short and you can make some quick profits. Heck, that's what made Vegas great. That's what built Vegas, the promise of something for nothing, not having to wait for one of those important ingredients investing, which is time. But short-term trading with a sizable chunk of your portfolio can be really dangerous. You can get wiped out. And I think this is especially true these days with this um, cryptocurrency. The upside is so phenomenal. What did we say? Dogecoin, 8,000%. I don't think I have an investment that ever went up 8,000%. But I wonder what's going to happen when the music stops. What if it all goes away? What assets back up cryptocurrency and all these things? I'm not so sure. I don't have a clear idea. I've asked a couple people to explain it to me and they go, well, it's kind of like this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's where I'd want to put my hard earned money, but oh my goodness, 8,000%. Uh, hmm, I'm salivating. That sounds so good. Mm. Trying to perfectly time the market is a huge mistake. And it's a mistake that a lot of new investors make just last week. Just last week at the Berkshire Hathaway investors meeting, Charlie Munger said that no one, not even the famous Warren Buffett could perfectly time trades to take advantage of all the highs and lows. He said that it was crazy to assume otherwise. And these guys have been doing it for 50 years. They ought to know. And Charlie, 90 years old, is saying not even my buddy Warren can do it. So don't think that you can time things absolutely up and down. You might get a couple right, but you're going to get a lot of them wrong. Oh, and what did you say? You didn't listen to the live feed of the shareholders meeting in May? Well, go online and find it. It's three and a half hours long, but it's full of rich, rich investment advice. Both Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger sat there for the whole time. These guys are amazing. Three and a half hours or so and they're drinking Cokes and eating C's candy peanut brittle, and they make it all the way through the three and a half hours. They are really something to behold. Check it out, because it's not gonna go on for too much longer. In fact, right after that uh, uh, presentation that they made, Warren Buffett uh, in, talked about who was gonna be his successor. So if you uh, wanna check that out, look in the media, you'll see the name of uh, who could very well be Warren Buffett's um, successor. So given the fact that it's impossible, according to Charlie Munger, to perfectly time the market, the wiser thing to do is develop an investment plan based on goals, time horizon, risk tolerance, and then stay on course. Now, it's tempting right now to get caught up in the cryptocurrency thing, but that can get you distracted from your long-term goals which have a much higher percentage of success. So I saw a recent article in Money Magazine and it, and it showed that if you have an investment horizon of at least a year, you have a two and three chance of making some money overall. After 10 years though, it's 19 chances out of 20. Which would you rather have? I don't know. I kind of like 19 out of 20. But don't get distracted by the siren's call of extreme quick profits, 
of cryptocurrency. Does this mean you should have nothing to do with it? No, I'm not saying that. You have to make your own decision about what risk you're comfortable with and what percentage of your portfolio should be in something like cryptocurrency. Hopefully something you know pretty small because it's a pretty risky investment. But don't get distracted by that. Stay on plan, stay on target. Number three, according to this article, confusing luck and skill. Now I like this. The article says that the third most common thing people do is confuse luck and skill. When you make money gambling, it's usually luck. And when you make money investing, it's usually skill. Now, when you make money buying cryptocurrency, is it gambling or investing? I would suggest to you that it's more gambling than it's investing. That is, your profits are based more upon luck, not skill. But if you have some good luck, don't mistake it as a high skill level. Just something to think about. We've talked about the difference between investing and gambling many times here on the TFWP. And, you know, we go back and forth with Nick and Brian, myself, and we talk about, hey, is that gambling? Is that investing? Or what is involved there? But what they're talking about in this article is confusing luck and skill, which is the result of gambling or investing. And don't get caught up in thinking that you know everything about everything and your luck is somehow a skill. Don't get too big for your britches, as my mama used to say. Number four, ignoring diversification. We've talked about this. Don't forego diversification. A well-diversified portfolio should include stocks like international investments and small cap stocks, or even better, uh, ETFs for these kinds of things, because each ETF is made up of a cluster of that kind of um, stock for each of these areas. But it should also include ultimately other assets, which will ensure that your portfolio, or if your portfolio takes a hit, part of it's going to remain stable. Perhaps part of your portfolio should include real estate. Some of it should include cash. Some of it should include bonds. Um, it can be boring to be diversified in all these different kinds of things, but boring stuff works. Remember that boring stuff works. Number five, according to the article, forgetting about taxes. This is new. This is huge. Taxes aren't new, but thinking of them in this investment environment is. Maybe we should devote a whole episode to this, but I want to touch on it a little bit because it's part of this article. Investing for the first time can be really fun and really exciting, but don't forget the tax bomb at the end. You know, I know a fella who uh, was getting into investing and he opened up an account and he was looking at what was going on in the world and said, gee, this kind of stuff could make this stock go up. In fact, it was um, um, uh, when, they, when the uh, country had used a number of missiles um, and unleashed, I don't know, 62, 63 missiles on a country. This was some years ago. And this fella says, oh, I'm going to buy some and some stock in this, um, um, you know, military munitions manufacturer. I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's so Cold War. That's not going to really happen. But man, the stock went up because sure enough, the government had to replace those missiles and they were a little more than $1.95 a piece. 
So this guy made some serious money, sold it, got out. And then at the end of that year, he gets a 1099 to pay on the gains. Ouch. As he was doing his regular, fairly simple tax return, he goes, well, how do I deal with this 1099? And it's like, oh, I got to pay. I got to pay money on that money that I made. Yeah, that's, that's taxable. So think of this, and I don't want to give you any specific tax advice, but if you sell any asset, including a stock, after holding it for less than a year, the money you make off the investment is taxed at ordinary income rates. So it'd be just like you got a paycheck with that money in there. But if you hold the security for more than a year, it could be subject to capital gains taxes, which is a lower rate, typically you know, 10, 15, 20%. And it depends upon your income. Plus, you'll have to pay capital gain to your state if they collect that money, if they collect income tax, or if they collect capital gains. So you have to be ready at the end of the year um, to, to report that income. So you got to be ready. And you really should set aside the money that will be due. And if you get a significant gain when you're selling a security, you might also need to make quarterly estimated payments. So you got to talk to your tax person. But the key is to be ready. Talk to your tax person, pay it when it's due. A lot of people are making a lot of these trades in and out, back and forth. And you could be creating some tax ramifications for what you're doing. So figure it out ahead of time, set it aside so the money doesn't get spent or go somewhere else. And then you've got a big tax liability that's accruing penalties and interest. So it's really about thinking about things in a, a different way. Remember, we've said all this year that financial success is more about the heart than the head. It's about how you feel and respond emotionally to your plan for financial success. And you need to avoid some of these investment mistakes that new, newly born, if you will, investors make. And it's all about having a plan. It's about staying on plan. It's about not getting distracted by the siren's call of huge profits. This stuff will only cost you in the long run. Now, I've got one of my own things that I see new investors doing. I don't want to kind of tack it on here. And that is getting so distracted by your investments. When you make money, especially when you make easier money as investments seem to feel sometimes. It's so exciting. That's all you can think about. I mean, cryptocurrency, you know, can be traded around the clock from what I've told. You can sit up all night and make money or lose money. And you get so caught up in your investments, you lose perspective. And I see a lot of new young investors doing that. It means that you're going to miss out on other, perhaps richer, more sure, investments. It may cause you to lose your perspective in terms of your overall investment plan, but it also could cause you to miss out on a much broader and diverse life. So if you see yourself getting so caught up in your investments, if you wake up in the middle of the night and that's all you're thinking about, you're probably making a mistake. You're probably making it too big a part of your life. You're probably thinking about it too much. You're probably pressing. And when you press, you begin to make mistakes. The long, slow, or low, slow, grow investment path is one that you don't have to think about all the time. You check in on it periodically. You listen to what's going on in the media. 
but there's a lot of days, a lot of months even, where you're not making a trade in, in your portfolio. So if you think about it all day long, hmm, consider it a problem. So there you have it, some things to think about. I know a lot of the listeners have opened up accounts. Uh, I know that a lot of the uh, listeners are certainly trading cryptocurrency. I know a lot of people um, that are. In fact, I got a, um, a text from one of my friends just a couple of hours ago, and the text was, get your money in, dude. And it's so tempting, so terribly tempting, but I'm sticking back. I'm staying with my master plan. My portfolio is staying pretty conservative at this point because I want to get to where I ultimately want to be as part of my long-term plan. And remember, I'm not an investment advisor. Uh, take what I say with a grain of salt. But I got to tell you, if you want to talk to somebody about it, talk to a friend, talk to your accountant, talk to a certified financial planner. You know, my wife's a CFP and she's getting calls more and more often from her clients saying, well, what do you think about crypto? What do you think about this or that? And she's pretty much saying, look, there could be a piece of that in your investment portfolio, but stay with the low, slow grow philosophy. So you, you get to want to, to where you want to be. Well, so that's it for this week. I just wanted to talk about this article a little bit, pass along some, some tips, give you something to think about in terms of your investment strategy um, and, you know, point people to this really interesting article in Money Magazine about the five biggest investing mistakes that beginners need to avoid, according to financial advisors. No emails this week. So this is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.